So let's get into needs. Conflict happens, root causes of conflicts could be because my needs are just not being met. Can you hear this in terms of families, you know, people getting divorced? My needs are just not being met, whether that be emotional needs, intellectual needs. Conflict occurs between suppliers and customers and because their needs aren't being met. Comes back to Psych 101. I'm sure you've seen this before, Abraham Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, where this was developed way back in 1943, and it's still so true today, that we're all in this pursuit of need fulfillment, of being self-actualized, all right? And we're trying to get up to that self-actualization by climbing this pyramid. And what he says is basically you have to fill the lower needs in order to get to the top. So if we're concerned about finding food and water and getting sleep, we're not going to be so concerned about our job, right? So the, the poor refugees that are in midst of war and can't get food, they're not really concerned about their job or their work. Um, they're just concerned about getting those basic needs. In looking at this and and this being a root cause can anyone give me an example of when they've seen a need fulfillment pop up as a root cause of a conflict all right let me give you an example in my which is hedge fund manager making millions of dollars it's unheard of walks away basically walks away from his job because of this need fulfillment, the STEAM need, because he felt the other hedge fund managers weren't appreciating his ideas. Think about how much money that hedge fund company lost because they couldn't make an adjustment in their dealings and their communications with this other hedge fund manager and saying, you know, we appreciate you coming always with that contrary position because it keeps us honest. It keeps us, you know, not being so crazy in the investments that were, but they, ne they always just kind of discounted his thoughts. Brilliant guy. He wanted to be self-actualized. He wanted to be at feeling like he was at the pinnacle of his career, utilizing, you know, his brain and his, all of his abilities. But he couldn't get past that, that they couldn't appreciate him. So that was a conflict that cost the hedge fund company that he was working for a lot of money because he just left. He quit, took his money, and went. Of course, he took some time off, but he had enough money he could, and now he's starting his own hedge fund company in competition. So this is where dollars come into play, this need fulfillment. Another thing could be you're in a group setting, the boss comes in, this happened to me personally, said, all right, we need to reduce our overhead by 10%. And management's come down and said, we need to look at what we're spending, what we're doing. So I want you all to think of some ideas of how we can cut some costs. 
there was a group of five of us. We all heard the same message. I heard it. Oh, this is a great opportunity to me, for me to kind of look into where we're spending some money and where we could, you know, maybe it's we could do more web training instead of traveling because I was in a training department. You know, I was thinking of all these ideas. I was like, this is great. Maybe if I, I come up with such a great proposal, you know, I'll be able to present it in front of management and maybe I'll get some visibility. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. The same message was heard by five other people and two of their people were like, this is the worst thing. Cup is half empty. I was like, what? And I would try to get people together. I'm like, let's work on this as a team. If we do it as a team, it'll be, you know, it looks so good. And, and they had wanted nothing to do with it. And it was because one of them was the last one hired. So she was worried that it was going to be her. She was 10% knock off her salary. That's, you know, 10% plus. And so she went into this kind of self-preservation mode. Okay, you know, maybe if I avoid talking about this, I won't get fired. And then if I get fired, my husband's going to leave me and then I'm not going to have a home and, you know, like I'm going to start falling down. So they get into the self-preservation mode. What I like to say here is oftentimes if, if somebody really feels threatened in feeling that they're going to fall down this need ladder or this need pyramid, they go into this self-preservation mode. And many of you might have heard this story before, but it's, it is very applicable. It's about two guys that go hiking in the woods and they're camping. They decide to, to uh, set up camp. Trip of a lifetime, the two of them are best friends. All of a sudden, as they're setting up the tent and one guy's working with the gear, a big bear comes wandering into their campsite. One guy goes, oh my gosh, look at, there's a bear. And he notices the guy that's working with the gear is like taking off his hiking boots and putting on his sneakers. And he's going, um, why are you putting on sneakers? You can't outrun a bear. He goes, I don't have to outrun a bear. I just have to outrun you, right? <laughs> have you heard that one? Yeah, it's a good one because it talks about self-preservation. That's what we do. That's what people do. So sometimes if people are acting unusual when change occurs or when uh, conflict occurs where maybe they're even like stabbing you in the back it's probably because there's a root cause of some type of need fulfillment that they feel threatened and they're like I'm going into protection mode all right so with small businesses I can definitely see this where this is their livelihood and they might be dealing with somebody like a supplier or employee that it's just like, that's just a job. And if I don't get that shipment in, I'm going to lose my customers and then I'm going to lose my business. So they can start getting into that self-preservation mode and start lashing out. And that's, you know, something we have to keep in mind. Seek to understand that was really driving the reaction. I always like to say, listen to what I'm not saying. What is really the root cause? What are the motivations? Myers-Briggs, you've all heard, I'm sure, it's a wonderful way of understanding where you fall on the personality grid. This is a good four-quadrant personality style indicator. So I'm going to read what 
each of these represent and then you pick out where you think you are okay so analytical is logical thorough systematic and prudent the drivers are independent candid decisive pragmatic and efficient our amiables are supportive cooperative diplomatic patient and loyal and our expressives are enthusiastic persuasive fun-loving and spontaneous all right so where do you think you are you might be somewhere kind of close you can see where if you have a driver and he's having a problem with an analytical it might sound something like this which is the analytical goes I keep trying to tell him all the information that I need to give him in order to solve this problem but he keeps cutting me off and saying get to the point or or he cuts me off mid sentence and asks me another question and I haven't finished telling him the first thing okay. so that's where that conflict arise or you might get your amiables here you know what this driver is so pragmatic and everything has to be decisive he doesn't take into account the employees and how they're gonna feel about this change and that those are the amiables they're gonna be you know talking that way so the reason I bring up style is that if we truly want to do what that key point is, which was seek to understand, then we truly need, try to, have to try to identify their style so that we can customize our communication with that person. All right, and I'm gonna teach you a communication strategy, but it goes over so much better if I know what your style is because then I can customize that communication strategy to what you want to hear. If I'm trying to make a point that I need this information quicker, I need to give this analytical the facts and figures on why and the background. If I am dealing with an expressive who is enthusiastic and persuasive, I need to be just as persuasive to them. You know, I need to flex to their style in order to relate to them better. It seems like a lot that, you know, falls on you, but I tell you it's worth it. A little flexing can, you know, go a long way. So what happens to these styles when they get under pressure? So our analyticals are avoiding our drivers are autocratic, which means analyticals, when pressure happens or conflict happens, they just avoid it. Our drivers want to take over. They're like, okay, I'm taking over. This is how it's going to be. It's my way, okay? Our amiables will acquiesce, and they'll be like, well, really, my way is the best, but whatever you want, whatever you want, you, you, you know, you just will do it. And in the back of their minds, they're going, okay, how can I still do what I want to do and do it the right way <laughs> without letting them know? It's kind of that passive-aggressive kind of amiables can be that because they're like, I just want everyone to get along and cooperation and, oh, you know, and our expresses just attack. They're like, what? 
oh my gosh, what do you mean? You, you're making this change or, oh my goodness, you, you know, this is not going my way. It's, you're going to you know, make me now have to log my hours. I can't believe this. This is crazy. You know, don't you know we have better things to do than to do that? And I could give you a great example of an avoiding. We had a new system that we were implementing at the insurance company that I was working and I was heading up the training for it. There was a group of account reps that for some reason, every time the training came around, they just oh, all of a sudden became so busy. You know, oh, we can't make it. I can't take two hours out of the day to learn the new system. I guess I'm just going to have to keep using the old system. I mean, it went for a while. And then I, you know, we, it got to the point that we were like, um, there's no getting around this. This new system is here to stay. There's no more avoiding it. <laughs> You've got to learn it. And, um, but yeah, they were very reluctant, very reluctant to make that change. So, so sometimes you have to really dig deep. What's the root cause? Was it that they were being disrespectful to me? Were they, it, it wasn't that at all. It was the fact that they just didn't like the change. They didn't want to do it. And so they were avoiding me. <laughs> but sometimes it's hard not to take it personal, right? So, all right. Another root cause of conflict is different perceptions. It can be with age, the older generation versus the millennials, the fact that this causes conflict and even just um, our work hours, where our millennials, they feel like, okay, I can work from anywhere at any time, and there is systems that allow me to do that, so why do I need to be here in this cube for eight hours a day? Like, when I can be more creative sitting on the beach or at my, you know, lake house here in the summer, you know, and, and this goes right into contrast with upper management, upper senior management, who says, I want bodies and seats. That's, that's where synergy happens. That's where collaboration. And, and so there's a lot of conflict there. And I tell you, this is a huge issue in the workforce now. And it's a huge issue with social media and how people are communicating. One of the biggest areas that management is saying is soft skills is huge for millennials because a lot of millennials communicate basically only online. So when a conflict happens face to face, they don't have a lot of experience like I had growing up <laughs> to, to deal with, how, you know, how do I deal with that? So some of those conflicts get blown out of proportion or it goes into those different quadrants like avoided or attacked or taken over or they just acquiesce. Cultural. I can give you an example here of perceptions of dealing with Japanese business people and going into a room where my boss was an African-American woman and one of the men on our team, you know, the people in the room kept talking 
to the man, <laughs> the Jeff, and and because he was older, and from a cultural perspective in Asia, it's you always respect age. So sometimes that can create this conflict. This is where I'm saying you bring all that baggage with you sometimes, and it's things that happen in the workplace or at home that you're like, why did they think that that was going to happen? And it's because something happened in their past or something happened in their last job that created this huge conflict. And now they see something similar and they're, they're projecting that past experience onto this experience. And hierarchical, I, you know, I would say, go back to my dad with, if you're used to chain of command, and you go into a new organization, or the millennials are very used to this collaborative group effort. My dad was always what I say goes, because I'm the man of the house, I'm the executive, you know. And nowadays it's more collaborative. So this can cause some conflicts in the workplace and be the root cause of some major issues.